0: Okay. Good morning, ladies. I'm so glad y'all are here. Jeannie, thanks for sharing that mentor mom moment. She's taking one for the team, y'all, because she's doing mentor mom moment, and then she's going to teach elementary next door. And um, for those of you that I have not met, my name is Mandy Cisco, and I've been married oh, almost 17 years to Lance Cisco. He's on staff here at Watermark. We have four kiddos that we still claim and love, um, Allie, Caleb, Riley, and Griffin, and they are 12, 13, 12, 10, and eight. And um, I, I adore them today. T- today was a good morning, right? Some, day, some days we're like, I don't know. Um, but I wanna set up the morning for you guys because it looks a little bit different. We're in a different room because, I'm going to speak to you guys in this room on female to female discipleship for a little bit, and then we'll break for some table time. And then we're going to dismiss anybody that has elementary age kids or older are going to be dismissed over here into this room next door to us. And Jeannie is going to speak to you guys. And then preschool aged mamas or lower will stay in this room because we know some of you just have babies. And Allison Treadaway is back with us today, and she's going to speak to you guys. And so I'm really excited about that because we have the opportunity um, to to discuss discipleship a little bit more age appropriately for where your kiddos are, which I think is really important because as your kids grow older, uh, the discipleship looks a little bit different in your homes. But for now, we'll dive in on female-to-female discipleship. I wanted to start by confessing to you that I'm terrible at watching the gauges um, for my fuel on my Suburban. Terrible. And that's fine if you live in Dallas, because there's a gas station on every corner, and it beeps at me, and I just pull in and get more gas. Um, It's not fine when, uh, about 10 months ago, I was driving on the back roads of East Texas, deep in the pine trees, and it beeped at me, and I thought, oh, better get some gas, Not going to happen. There was no gas station four miles, and I found myself, there's no shoulders on those roads either, so I found my Suburban, like halfway in the ditch, halfway on the street, texting and calling friends that lived anywhere within any proximity to me, can you come and help me? Can you bring me gas? So not my most shining moment for sure, but I share that because um, the the moral of the story just is that you have to watch your gauges, right? Cars need gas to run and you have to watch your gauges. But um, God has given us a network of people around us and I believe that network to be our emotional fuel. And he's built us for relationship which I love. He's put that deep within us to need and desire relationship. Um, And 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 those people are what give me a lot of emotional fuel in my day. My challenge for us this morning is, I feel like if we look at that road analogy again, that we're really, really good at kind of looking in the lane to the left and looking at the lane to the right and seeing where what our peers are doing and gaining wisdom from them. But I wanna challenge us more deeply to look up the road at those taillights, those moms that have already driven that road. They've already been there. They're the ones that have already run out of gas and they can tell you all about it. And they are the ones that have made wrong turns. They have gone on those scenic turnout spots and gotten to catch some really beautiful things. They're the ones that can tell you like, hey, what you're hauling around right now, you should just drop off at the next stop because it's not worth it. Um, And they're the ones that can look at the direction you're headed and go, I'm not sure that, that might be something you need to ask God to reroute you on, you know? Um, they're your like personal Siri. Um, and then to look in your rearview mirror and see those tail, uh, to see the headlights that are behind you, those people that are coming up the road behind you and they need that same wisdom. Those women need that same wisdom from you and they want to know the same things. They want to know those things that you've experienced. I think we all need spiritual mothers in our lives. Um, Proverbs 11:14 says, for a lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. And this has been on my heart a lot lately because I have great peers and great relationships with friends next to me and I get a lot of good wisdom there. But I can tell you that some of the hardest, most challenging things that I've had to overcome have been because someone who drove that road ahead of me, a spiritual mom, has been able to look at me and tell me something really challenging or something really tough or encouraged me in a way that nobody else had at that point. Um, This is spelled out for us really clearly in the book of Titus. I love that... um, Paul writes this letter to Titus. It's um, The church in Crete is facing a lot of turmoil, externally and internally. They're really struggling. And I love that if you go back and you read Titus, Paul just basically says, oh, well, here's, here's what you need to put in place. The older men and women need to teach the younger men and women. And, um, and he nails it. And that's us. I think every single one of us walked in the door this morning with some kind of internal struggle or external struggle, right? Particularly as a mom. Nobody walked in here without one of the two. And most of you probably had both um, before the morning even got started. And so um, we need this older generation, these cars that have already driven the path ahead of us, to speak into our lives. And more specifically, Titus 2 4 says, then they, speaking about the older women, can teach the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. I have noticed a lot over the last too many years of my life, um, that our world is full of a lot of messages and they're sneaky. And sometimes we start to believe things and we don't even realize that we're believing them. And then we start to make decisions, even parenting decisions that involve our whole family based on messages that are worldly and they aren't necessarily truth. And so the reason that I think these spiritual moms are so important in our life is because they have something that our peers don't have. They have perspective. And when you couple their perspective with their wisdom, they are a force to be reckoned with. And um, the part that's been on my heart a lot lately is that we're missing that. We're missing out on the opportunity to learn and grow from some women that God has put in our paths that could really be teaching us and helping us. And having these women in place is what I consider discipleship. And I think the word discipleship has gotten a little muddied over the years, and I think it's come from well-intended programming on discipleship, where we think it comes with a lot of preconceived ideas. But to me, what I would argue today is that discipleship is just a lifestyle. It's not something we take off, and it's not something we put on, but it's a lifestyle of being um, taught and trained by others and teaching and training others. I'm going to do this a lot this morning, because we're looking ahead and we're looking behind. Um, But again, discipleship. Being, um, being taught and trained by others and teaching and training others. The tricky part about where this group, I was thinking of you girls specifically when I was, doing, when I was thinking through discipleship and I thought the tricky part is you're both you're the older woman and you're the younger woman, right? And so you've got the great responsibility of discipling others and the awesome privilege of being discipled by others. So today we're gonna to talk about both of those things, both paths. Um, let's start with with being discipled. I um, can look back over my life and see all of the amazing women that have been in place in my life. And some of them I utilized, and some of them I didn't. Um, But those that I did were able to help me not be tempted and deceived by the world's philosophies. Um, Because those messages, like I said, can be really loud sometimes. But when I was thinking about it, I was thinking when the world was telling me, um, hey, you have to do something really big for the kingdom in order to make a difference. You need to write a book or have a podcast or start some grand ministry. I remember feeling the pressure of that. And spiritual moms would remind me that my job as a mother is huge and important and to be faithful where I am. Uh, when the world would tell me that my status was determined by social media, Spiritual moms in my life would remind me that my status was determined when I was created and it cannot be altered, that I am loved, chosen, forgiven, and saved. When uh, the world would say, hey, just let your mind turn those things over and over again or worry about that decision that you made, worry about it a lot, spiritual moms would encourage me to fill my mind with truth to inspire me to replace those lies with truth and to combat complacent thoughts by, do, by having scripture memory, just really focusing on scripture memory. Um, when the world would tell me, hey, you have a spare 10 minutes, you should just get on Instagram. Spiritual moms would caution me to not be ruled by anything and to use spare time wisely because it's a gift. Do things that bring you joy, contentment, peace, and laughter. When the world would say, um, hey, only allow people to see what you want them to see. Have a guard up. Make sure that you get to put up a presence and that they see what you want. My spiritual mamas would remind me to be vulnerable. They would remind me that my most significant encounters in life are probably going to come out of my weaknesses and my insecurities. And they were right. So what keeps all of us from allowing these women to speak into our lives? Is it pride? Fear? Fear? Time, we're real busy. Awkwardness, I think we're making it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. And my hope this morning is that I make it um, a little bit more simply for you, a little more simple for you. Um, I want you to just think about right now moms that you encounter on a weekly basis. Who are you already seeing that's older than you, that's further down the road than you? Um, Because I guarantee you these spiritual mamas are serving alongside you. They're going to Bible study with you. They're living on your streets. They're working in your companies. They're holding your babies in the nursery. They are all around us if we have eyes to see them. And then I want you to notice, what do you admire about them? and ask them how that came to be. Hey, I noticed that you always have a scripture to encourage people with. How how have you memorized scripture? What does your time with the Lord look like? Hey, your marriage is really intriguing to me. I, I really admire it. Can you talk to me about your marriage and what your relationship with your husband looks like? Just admire things about them and then ask good questions. Show them that you have a teachable spirit. Ask their thoughts and opinions on decisions that you're making or things that you're thinking about. They may have a different perspective. And the thing that I think is the best is when you just admit when things are hard. We're walking through a hard season. What would you say about that? Have you ever experienced anything like that? These are the kind of conversations that I feel like are so simple if we allow ourselves to have them. Um, it doesn't have to be scheduled. It doesn't have to set, have a set number of criteria or meet any type of certain way. Because I think sometimes, like I said, discipleship gets muddied and we think it has to be scheduled or specific or meet some kind of criteria, and it doesn't. Just start chatting. Just start chatting with the women in your life that are, have traveled the road before you and see what happens. And then what I would say is any woman that points you back to God's word, work, or wonder— those are the ones you want to press into. Anytime you're having a conversation with an older woman and you realize, man, she just, she just diverted me back to God's word, work, or wonder, those are the ones you want to spend more time with. Those are the ones you want to ask more questions of. Those are the ones you want to press in close to because we need them to lovingly point us to what's true and good. They are invaluable in our lives. Um, if we look closely at Titus 2, we kind of see some big buckets of things that Paul is encouraging older women to teach younger women. And some of the things that he considers are belief, behavior, purity, self-control, composure, relationships, truthfulness. These are all things we want good wisdom in, Right. Um, Because we have not arrived, we are works in progress, and it's vitally important to have these spiritual mamas speak into that, speak into our marriages, our parenting, our spiritual growth, our womanhood. They have important things to share with us, if we would ask them, and we're missing out when we don't. I get really, really excited when I think about a room this size, filled with women, who if you were inspired to really start digging in and pressing in close to those spiritual moms, what kind of an impact it could make for the kingdom? What kind of growth could happen in each and every one of your lives? And then it just multiplies. I get really excited about that. So now we're gonna switch gears and talk about discipling other women for a little bit. Younger women need older women because I said, we all need spiritual mamas. So now if you envision yourself in the older woman spot and you see these headlights coming up behind you, they need to know what messages not to fall for, right? They need to hear God's word and God's truth and to be led in the right direction and to be given that same perspective and wisdom that you've now gained. So again, super simple, look around you. I guarantee you, you are surrounded by, by other women that are younger than you, whether it be junior high, high school, college, or just a mom that's maybe four years behind you. Um, and the same thing, these people are there. They're babysitting your kids. They may be friends of your children. They're sitting next to you in church. They're serving alongside you. They're living on your streets. And so I want, you, I want to encourage you to just have eyes to see them there. And then when you see them there, when you've spotted them, when you have noticed them, show an interest, talk to them. Same thing, asking questions, getting to know them. Um, I think it's funny when I get to know women that are younger than me, and it doesn't even have to be that much younger anymore. I'm learning new things all the time. Uh, my leader, the leadership team was making fun of me the other day because I said, um, I got chastised because I used the word maroon and apparently it's Merlot. And I didn't know that there was like a specific color name that I needed to use. So it led me to, you know, all the Pantone colors and I guess I need to know this stuff if I wanna be hip, you know? Um, Or I would never know that you don't call liking a boy a crush anymore. It's called a squish, okay? Just saying. I think that's super strange. And if I'm understanding correctly, when you don't like him anymore, it's a squash. (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, But show up to their things. Um, maybe it's a sporting event. If it's someone younger, if it, if it's someone that's having a baby, their gender reveals are a big deal. Um, we never did gender reveals when I had babies. And so that's kind of out there for me, but that's a big deal to them now. And so if you're wanting to invest in someone, then show up to their things, show up to things like that. Um, invite them to coffee. Start a Bible study in your home for the women on your street. Um, Just have girls over for brunch and be intentional about your conversation. And most importantly, share your struggles. Because I do believe that the Lord is using our weaknesses to show His His greatness. Um, I got an opportunity to be with a, a small group of girls. I got to know them first when they were in college and we were doing camp ministry in Tyler. And now they're married and have like one and two babies and they look so grown up to me and it's wild. That they were here for the church leaders conference and we had like 10 minutes together and we did all the hugging and the squealing and all of that and then they were like, "How are you? How are the kids?" And I had a moment where I thought, I, mean, I could just say fine and we could move on. But for whatever reason, um, I just said, not great. Like, we're not great. We're going through a hard season. And I kind of went through kind of what's going on with us. And um, we all kind of had a little teary moment. And then they had to go. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I feel like we only talked about me and it was such a downer. And one of them grabbed my hands and I will never forget. She grabbed my hands and she goes, I just learned more about God's faithfulness in the last three minutes than I have in the last three months. I am so grateful that you shared that with me so that I can be encouraged that God is working and moving. And it was such, I don't say that to boast on me. I say that to remind you that our weaknesses and our struggles that can boast about God's goodness are powerful. Those are powerful teaching tools that we can share. Second Timothy 2.2 says, what you have heard, entrust them to faithful men. We're just going to say women for right here. Um, what you have learned, entrust them to faithful women. I think that's what the Lord would have us do when we see those headlights coming up behind us. Okay, what have I learned? What has God taught me? What can I pass on? What can I entrust to them? Um. I wanted to be just really open and practical for just a minute and tell you what it looks like in my life, as long as you guys all pinky promise not to think that that's how your life needs to look, okay? So we're not cookie cutter women, and we don't all have to disciple the same way, but I wanted to at least share some thoughts and some ideas of what it looks like for me. Um, My husband and I have led two foundation groups, so that's been eight eight women in my life that have been um, put there intentionally, right? They've just kind of been assigned to me. They just show up. Um, which is really nice, but it's like 18 months. um, If you don't know about Foundation Group, it's 18 months of newly married ministry, basically. And so these newly married couples will show up at our house two times a month. And I just get... 18 months to really pour into those four girls. And we've done this twice. And, um, that's pretty intentional time with them. And then that 18 months is up and they go on and have their own community group. And then I just kind of leave it up to them. If they're reaching out to me, if they're looking for, for advice or wisdom or need to talk or need to pray, then that's, that's how I'm intentional with them. Um, so that's that group of people. I also have two girls that reached out to me specifically and just said, Hey, like I, I had a girl that discipled me in college. I haven't that in years. I'm a new mom. I would love to be discipled. They reached out to me and I said, okay, great. And one of them, we were, we were doing it, you know, like we were meeting monthly and we were chugging along and it was great. She ended up moving. And now we use technology to our benefit. And that's what I love. I mean, we, this can be such a beast and it can be such a blessing. Right. And so I would say if you know somebody that you want to pour into or love on, that's not close, that's not in Dallas, use Voxer, Marco Polo, FaceTime, all the things, you know, just to connect and to get to know each other. So that's what we're doing now the second girl that reached out to me, we're so inconsistent. We're so spotty. We're like, oh, we'll meet here. And then we don't. And it's been a rough road. Um, But we're trying to tighten down and get a little bit better and give ourselves some focus. And she's been super gracious to me as my family's been a little wild. Um, But that's just honesty for you. Sometimes it, it cranks great and sometimes it doesn't and that's okay. And um, Then I have one girl that God put on my heart and she didn't come to me but I just really have a heart for her and so I reached out to her and we had coffee and it went great um, and then I put in my phone to reach out to her bi-monthly, and it just comes up, an alert on my phone, reach out to so and so and I do and I invite her to coffee again. We haven't had a second coffee date and that's okay but I pray for her consistently and I'm hoping that one day there will be a need for her to want some discipleship and that I will I will be that person for her, or at least be someone that can point her in the right direction. Um, and then the the majority of discipleship, and this is this is what I want to make sure you know, because I'm not a super schedule-y discipleship person, um, but the majority of discipleship I feel like happens out front of the of the school, on my sidewalk, in Target. I mean, like just real random or a random phone call from somebody. The purpose of me sharing this with you is for you to know that when a younger mom reaches out to you, or maybe they don't even like really reach out, but they just happen to share something that's hard or something that they're walking through, grab that opportunity. Grab that opportunity to disciple them. Um, So let's say that you have somebody in mind. You've spotted someone, you realize, oh my gosh, I serve next to this girl, she's younger than me, I want to be more intentional, or someone reaches out to you specifically, what do we do? Where do we go? Give me some ideas, Mandy. Um, And so I would say that my favorite place to start is sharing um, H's. I learned this forever ago. It might be in a book somewhere. I have no idea where it came from. I just know a mentor shared it with me. Um, And so I'm going to share it with you guys. This is easy, easy ways to get to know people at a heart level instead of having conversations about Pantone colors, okay? Um, So if you wanna dive in a little bit deeper, here are the H's, ask them about their heritage. Where did you grow up? Were your parents believers? Do you have any siblings? Um, What was your faith like growing up? What's your family like? Anything that has to do with family, with their back history or current, okay? Um, Second one would be um, highlights. And this one, you can kinda use um, your judgment. So if it's a high school student, like, hey, what is the, what's been the highlight of this year for you? If it's a mom that just had her first kid, like, hey, what has motherhood been like? What is, what's your best highlight in motherhood? You got to kind of use your judgment on the highlights. And then once you are getting to know this person a little bit deeper, heartaches. Like, what are some things that you've walked through or that the Lord has brought you through that have been really hard for you? Um, heroes is also a great one. Who do you look up to? Who do you admire? And then hopes. Um, Getting to know someone's hopes can tell you a lot about a person, right? Okay, what do you hope to get out of that class? What do you hope... What do you hope motherhood will be like? What do you hope your marriage will transform or transpire in your marriage in the coming years? Those kinds of questions. Um, And then beyond that, just things to do with other women. You can start a Bible study. You could just get together and pray. I spent one afternoon, really just an hour, one hour with a mama. I said, let's just pray God's word. Let's get together and just pray God's word. And we did that and it was a really special moment. Um, Memorize scripture together. When somebody shares something hard that they're walking through, hey, I'm going to find scripture on that and then we'll memorize it together, okay? Um, the Watermark Community app is a great resource if you're wanting to encourage younger moms. Um, you just get on there and go to the index and go to parenting. And then there's a button called motherhood and you click on motherhood and it'll give you 10 talks to listen to. And you could just say like, hey, let's listen to this talk, you know, this week sometime. And then on Saturday, let's go get Starbucks and talk about, talk about that, that talk, have a conversation over that talk. Anything, these are all just ideas, but girls, anything that points them back to what? God's word, work, and wonder. That's our job. That's our job, is to point those younger women back to God's word, work, and wonder. And I'll say this much again, your unguarded conversations will be the best teachers. Those times when you're not necessarily prepared, but you're just pointing back to God's word, work, and wonder. You've been, everything, you've been given everything you need for life and godliness. You are equipped to lead and love these younger mamas. Um, never underestimate the impact that you can have in a younger woman's life. Okay, as we wrap up, um, my family is taking what we would consider an epic trip this summer. We didn't go anywhere last summer, so we kind of like, you know, waiting for this one. And we are loading up our Suburban, probably to the hill. We might look like the Beverly Hillbillies. And we are going to head to California, and we're going to camp in Yosemite, and then we're going to go to San Francisco, and then our daughter's dying to see the beaches in L.A., so we're going to head down that way, and then we're going to land in Houston, which is like, the armpit of the U.S., but that's okay. <laughs> um, but my parents live there, so that's why we're going to land there, and that's fine. Um, but what would, be, what would be wise for us to do on this trip? To ask people that have been there before, right? I mean, it, it, that would be the best thing. And we all do this. Anytime we're going somewhere new, hey, who's been there? Where should I eat? Where should we go? What should we avoid? You know, um, what's great and what do I not want to miss? And so that's what I hope this morning has been for you girls is just a chance to encourage you to do the same, to just ask other people, right? To, to be on this road, this motherhood road, and to look ahead and go, man, I see lights ahead. And that's somebody that's already traveled this road, and I can't wait to hear what they have to say about what's coming up. I can't wait to learn from them and be guided from them. And then to look in the rearview mirror and go, who's coming up behind me? Who can I love and who can I encourage? And how can all of us continue to point each other to God's word, work, and wonder?